beginning transmission 139. God Country. File under Family Drama. This week's episode of the Funny Books and Firewater Podcast. すべての中に使用としてことではないような完了プロセスで芸能です。なんかなんかスピーキングカーンスイングカーンスイングカーンスイングカーンスイングカーンスイングカーンスイングカーンスイングカーンスイングカーンスイングカーンスイングカーンス
Well, it's also the uh, highest rates of suicide are right around Christmas as well. But people dying. But January, (laughs) January is when old people die. Yes, because they get through the holidays. If I just make it through this one last holiday, then I can go. So, speaking of old people dying, as we record this uh, about a week ago, Stanley passed away. Yeah, that's true. So, which we put a little thing on our Instagram account because that's far more topical, sort of. a little more up to date. Than but that. we just want to make sure we mention it. Yeah, by all means. And I saw one of the more touching things I saw online because there's a lot being said though. But there was a wonderful drawing done. But it says the only one in the Marvel universe who knows this is Deadpool because he's breaks the fourth wall mm-hmm. and all that. Oh, that's true. Thing. So it shows a picture of Deadpool like hugging the tombstone of Stanley and just like tears coming mm-hmm. out of his eye things or what. You know, I, I don't know how. Yeah cry through that mask but he was and it really was quite touching he's like the only guy in Marvel that knows mm-hmm. he's gone that knows like, what's going on uh, yeah that's a valid what? and depressing point thanks for starting us out there you brought it up so actually I have a question I about bring that. It up. Yeah. <laughs> so I haven't read any of it but does with Gwenpool does that does yeah. she, she does the breaks the fourth wall and kind of like Deadpool does yes completely okay mm-hmm. uh, Deadpool the con- or Gwenpool which I love and I just bought the second volume I'm waiting that I, I have it. I just haven't, I haven't read it yet. Uh, but the the idea of Gwenpool is, is that she is a comic book fan from our universe who gets sucked into the comic book universe, so she is fully aware of everything. Oh, okay. So she that's sort of where her dead, Deadpool kind of aspect comes into. Her name is literally Gwen Space Pool is her name, but they put it out as Gwenpool. So oh. and she she kind of has a mask like Deadpool, but like she and so she has a similarity to Deadpool, but she is different. Well, that's fine. So I have this cat here. Which I was going to discuss. At first, I thought the cat just missed me and would meow when I showed up at home and things like that. I started to feel like the cat's just upset that I'm in its space. I think the cat now thinks oh. that it owns the apartment and is really annoyed when I come home now and just meows at me like, "What the hell are you doing? Like, stay in your corner." I think that's what I think that's the vibe I'm getting now from the cat. I think it's taking claim of the space. So what sense. I hear is when cat people die, the cats just eat the face of the owner. I've heard that as well, yes. And I would not... It depends on how well you fed them, yes. So, That's true. There is that. Yeah, there's a cat in the background. The cat okay, cool. loves you so much, it will eat your face. It's true. Don't dogs do that too, though? If, you, if you're, you know, if, they, if you're dead long enough and no one's found you, they go after you just because they eat food? Probably. I mean, at a certain point in time, you stop smelling like you and you start smelling like meat. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's so, like, true. But I can't really blame the animal for that. You know what I mean? It's not like a lack of loyalty, at least not in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's a, just a lack of yes, food. exactly. It's survival. a survival instinct survival at that point. Period, in time. And you didn't. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, well, we are morbid as fuck today, apparently. Uh, <laughs> family drama and the holidays. And I'm like, that's also fitting? Unfortunately. Sort of. There was a, a great meme I saw. It was like... Do you think uh, over Thanksgiving dinner, your racist uncle's like, oh shit, that open-minded nephew's going to be there? <laughs> oh, that's actually really interesting. I bet you it probably is the case. That's sure. And I saw the variation on that. It's like Thanksgiving, the one day a year when your racist uncle has, has a field day type of a deal. Yeah. He gets somebody to listen to his racist rants and whatnot. Yep. But actually, yeah, we won't get into that. Anyway. Okay, cool. Well... Welcome to episode 139, uh, Jason. Panel intro. So we'll start out with you. So we have joining us our returning champion, our good friend, independently wealthy, Mr. Jason. Hi there. (laughs) 
I say independently wealthy as in you are independent from your wealth. This is also, that, that, that is very accurate, yes. <laughs> I think we all are independent from our wealth, but... Uh, it's slowly leaving me. Yes. Uh, cool. Uh, also with us, uh, the rest of them in the great state of Utah, we have Mr. Maya. Hey, it's Maya. You can catch me on Twitter at Mr. Maya and Instagram at the Mr. Maya, or follow my cat on Instagram and Twitter at it's the Jonesy. Who is not nearly as loud as the rest of us. She can be. Yeah. Which, Mr. Maya, I was reading a book, which I'm, I'm thinking about recommending for us to do at some point in time, and I have an idea for a theme for next uh, month which I will bring up later, and this would be perfect for it. But there's a character in the book named uh, uh, Ridley. And, or is it Ridley or Riley? What's the what's the female name in uh, the star? Ripley. In, Ripley. 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 She's named Ripley, and at one point in time, she, uh, she encounters a very large animal that she is riding around, and she names it Jonesy, which I thought you would appreciate. <laughs> it's Lumberjanes, which is going to be our recommendation for this week. So... Anyway, was we this have thing an agenda. We have an agenda. We're we're like we're all over the place. I'm gonna have to. I, yeah, we we we've talked in lots of word places. Anyway, uh, speaking of trying to keep to the agenda, we have Mr. Todd. Hi, I'm Todd. You can find me here as a co-panelist on the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. You know, just sitting cum dumpster adjacent and <laughs> the Maya. And sometimes I do other podcasts, but we really need to do that other one. Yeah, my mom's already harassed me about that a couple times. Yeah, it needs to happen. And then, yeah, so find me around. I reside here in Salt Lake. <laughs> Come say hi. Just go I'll... out on your porch and yell, Todd! <laughs> and you'll show up. show up. You know, you speak the devil and here I am. Yeah. So it's a little bit of a case of that. So, yeah, that's what's up there. Okay. Speaking of the devil and come dumpster himself, we have Mr. Adam. Oh, you guys say it's the nicest thing for me. Just for you. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of which, did, did Todd, did you bring the gift for Adam? I did not because I was... Son of a bitch! <laughs> I know. <laughs> now it's becoming funny. <laughs> I'm just never going... This would be the gift that, like... Oh, yeah, let me get that for you. The gift that never keeps on giving. You, you know, this yeah. gift is going to be... Um, I'm going to be the Jimmy Kimmel to the gifts, Matt Damon. Yeah, for sure. Ah! Note to self, don't give stuff to Todd to give to everybody else. Too late. Speaking of which, uh, Mr. Maya, your Infinity Gauntlet, Beer Gauntlet, is on its way to Todd's house. So he, he will have... Oh, ruined it. Well, harass him about it. That's not what we sent for Adam. Also, uh, Jimmy Martins is there as well. So. Yeah, I'll get it to Jimmy. Yeah. Which is funny, because I'll see Jimmy on Friday, so I could have given it to him, but he didn't text me till after I put it in the mail, so that's whatever. Good, oh, that's his own damn fault. Exactly. So, sorry, I stepped all over your intro, Mr. Adam. Oh, that's fine. After you know, all the nice names you call me and everything else. I'm... Oh, sweetheart, you know I love you. <laughs> we love you so much. You were a great mandate the other day. It was. We had a really good. We went and saw Neil Gaiman. And oh, you got to go with Todd. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, we did that. And then I hunted down. We went to the Red Door, mm-hmm. and they had a bottle of Aviation Gin. This is the uh, Gin Company Ryan Reynolds bought with a spare change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is quite fantastic. I had two gin and tonics with this. Stuff. I had one as well. So, and I'm not a gin fan, but I got a second one. So it was actually, that's saying something about that gin. It is. So I almost bought a case of it because you can't just buy it at the liquor store here in Utah because of rules, I guess. Yeah. Well, like I was saying, there's a there's a, a bourbon coming out that's going to be Game of Thrones themed. Okay. Oh, Tell me more. <laughs> no, it's it's called uh, Johnny Walker White Walker. Yeah. That's what oh, it's okay. Yes. Are you sure that's? I thought that was whiskey. 
Isn't Johnny it's Walker, a whiskey. Yeah, Johnny Walker's whiskey. It's a blended whiskey. It's only you're supposed to drink it really cold. And I think it's out. You can. Yeah. I'm I was gonna I was gonna order it and send it to my dad and have him send it to me here because we can't have alcohol sent to Utah. No, you can. You just have to buy it by the case to the Utah State Liquor Store. Ah. That's so, way too much for me to buy. Oh, it is, and I hear it's not very good. <laughs> But. So apparently there's multiple kinds of this. The The base one starts for 35 and then you've got the nice one. Uh, the House Lannister one is 90 But if you put the you, bottle in the freezer, it'll say winter is here. Oh, really? <laughs> it gets cold, and it goes away when it's warm because they use some sort of funky wrap. So If you want, I can look for it in the great state of California where drinkers can actually go shopping and buy things that they would like. Wouldn't the great state of California like winter to be there and have those fires go away? No, because then we're going to have flash floods. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's going to be a bitch. Let's just get snow yeah, instead. Yeah. Yeah. And then we'll just have flash floods later. <laughs> we'll just we'll just hold on to them for a little while. So there are three whiskeys. You've got the uh, the House Tully, which is the $35 one. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, the House Stark Single Malt, Malt Scotch, which is a $60 one. And then you've got the uh, House Lannister, which is 90 All right. Okay. And then what about the White Walker one? Yeah, the White Walker's... Um, that's all we can buy. There's, I can look for the other ones too. There's another one about like Johnny Walker, the White Walker. I have like it Oh, there's eight different ones I see. Oh wow. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's like one for every house, and then the White Walker one I think is in a black bottle. It should be in a white bottle. I don't know. That would make sense. It would make sense, but you know. Oh, the Night's Watch is its black bottle, and okay. then yeah, Johnny Walker just came out with its white water. There it is, right here. There's two different companies making them. That's what it is. They're taking yeah. all the money. Game of HBO is just milking this thing for all they can. So anyway, Adam. Yeah. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Tell us about the wonderful things that you do. Uh, I'm the reviews editor for Big Shiny Robot, also occasionally doing the Board as Hell podcast with Andy Wilson. Hi, Andy. Uh, and also over at Cinema Queens with our good friend Chris. Hi, Hi Chris. And aside from that, you can find me uh, at Twitter, uh, on Twitter, at Sithbot underscore, S-I-T-H-B-O-T underscore, and curating our Grinder Scruff and Tights with a Z account. Yes. Which I wish really existed, but that's a totally different issue. I'm yeah. kind of wondering what kind of celebrity or superheroes we would end up picking up on that Wonder side as well. Wonder how people actually hear that and go to look up tights and realize it isn't real and that you're just full of shit. Yeah. <laughs> you honestly should. I mean, I got, I've got some friends who code, so we, we really should open that up. <laughs> Download the tights app. Where the fuck is it? <laughs> Come on. I want some tights on tights action. Here. Send, send your complaints to funnybooksandfirewater at gmail.com. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> At least we're not cinema queens. <laughs> Damn right. I, I, t- I told Chris about that, and he's really excited for a bumper sticker. <laughs> At least we're not cinema queens. The goal was actually to put it on there and not tell you about it to see how long it would take you. He's like, I never look at the back of my fucking car. I would. <laughs> <laughs> I have a new connection for stickers. I might talk to him about it. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, and hey, I'm Brian. I'm a sound designer based out of California uh, and a grad student at the University of Denver. Um, and I haven't started classes yet, but I did use my student uh, discount at the Mobster Museum in uh, Las Vegas a couple weeks ago, so I'm pretty proud of that. So that that's about as official as I need it to be. Book intro. And this week we are doing uh, God Country, which is... Uh, from Donny Cates and somebody named Shaw, Wordy, and Hill. 
uh, are the art team. This was a recommendation from, I think, Todd, probably. This is one of those books that Todd was trying to get me to read for forever, and yeah, then finally I, I did. This one kind of hard for a while. Would not shut the fuck up. <laughs> I, <laughs> guys grateful. God. Well, Todd, do you want to give us a brief little overview as to what this is? Sure. Um, so it's a six-issue book, one and done. So after the end of this trade, there is nothing more. It is complete. So you've got that for going now. for it. For now. You know, there's always the sequel. They'll make it work, you know, bring back Optimus yeah. or something. But it starts out in West Texas in the Prairie area, and they, you've got the son taking care of his Alzheimer-ridden father, and then out comes this supernatural event of a big-ass sword that has its own mind. Uh, Grandpa touches it, regains his faculties, the owner of the sword wants it back, and he says, just you try, come and take it. And it goes from there. Myification. And what is the myification of this book, Todd? Epic. As according to the back of the book. Epic Texas Fantasy Battle. Battle it's Fantasy. Battle? Battle Fantasy. Epic, Epic Texas Battle Fantasy. I mean, they could have just named the book that. <laughs> been just as fitting, so... Yeah. Drinking game. Well, so that being said, now that we have an agenda, Maya, I don't know why I'm giving you shit about that. Let's just uh, jump into our drinking games. Uh, anybody have one they want to go first with? So mine's called the Sword of Swords. Uh, every time they say the name of the sword, which is Valifax, I think. Mr. Jason. Yeah, uh, mine's just called uh, the Quinlan. And anytime uh, the name Quinlan is spoken or shown on the page, take a drink. Uh, Mr. Todd. My name of mine is called Grim Determination. Every time you've got a character that goes, yeah, well, this sucks, but we're not giving up. We're going to see this through to the end. Take a drink. Okay. And it's <laughs> more than one. Mine is, I call it, it's all your fault, which is every time the son and, the, and his wife argue, oh uh, take a drink to cope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that was one of my more evil rules. And Mr. Maya, what is your drinking game rule? Mine, I'm going to limit to once per page, but it's called Father's Day. Uh, and it's every time the word father or grandfather is spoken. Okay. Any combination of the word father. Validity votes. Well, then let us jump into votes as to whether or not we think that it is worth you, our dear listeners, hard-earned time, money, and effort to go hunt this book down and read this uh, this little gem. Uh, so we'll start out with the guy who recommended it because I know exactly what his vote is going to be. Mr. Todd, what is your vote? Fuck yeah. Read it. Okay. Or read it again. Mr. Maya. Uh, yes. Mr. Adam. Uh, yes, Definitely. Mr. Jason? I also say yes. Okay, and I also say yes. I got everybody correct. You did. There's one extra name here to have to go through, and I'm always concerned that I'm going to leave somebody out because I feel like an asshole when that happens. Well, um, you should. Thanks <laughs> so much. Playlist. Okay, well, so then, do people have songs that they're ready with for a playlist to play along with while you are uh, reading this book? Yes. Okay, well, then, Mr. Adam, what is your, uh, what is your song for this book? Uh, mine is The Origin of Love. Uh, from Hedvig and the Angry Inch. Mine is The Man Comes Around by Johnny Cash. Todd, what is yours? Mine's the, uh, it's a recent song, somewhat recent. It's Glenn Campbell's I'm Not Gonna Miss You. It's depressing as hell. Uh, depressing uh, as hell. Uh, Mr. Maya, what is yours? Uh, I went with Thunderstruck by ACDC. Cool. Mm -hmm. Jason, you need a second more or are you good? Uh, I would say um, it's a song by a guy named Hugo, Old Time Religion. Oh, I love that song. That's a great song. Yeah. Okay. It's got that nice sort of uh, uh, country uh, rock sound to it, so I think that fits You know the, the weird useless fact about Hugo that I know? Tell it. Uh, Hugo's actually on um, 
Jay-Z's record label. Jay-Z's the one who actually yeah. found him and put him out. 99 Problems is fan. That's part of the reason why he did that is because mm-hmm. Jay-Z's his boss. Oh, so I love that song by you, though. I'm like, dude, yeah, great. So, you know, there, there's there's some weird useless information about that guy. I, I mean, and I, I love his stuff, but that's just one of those weird things that I happen to know about it. <laughs> Jay-Z's, yeah, uh, we'll have him on the table. Like, does he care? Fuck, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. say final warnings. Do we have any final warnings about this to people? Uh, things that we think that uh, they need to know before they go into this it will hit you in the feels <laughs> mm-hmm. yes both this week and next week's books are very hit you in the feels at least so for me. there is that so you, you need a if you need a moment of like oh i'm just gonna idly whip through this thing you're really gonna miss out on a lot and it might just it hits you in the feels yeah that's yep. how i'm gonna put it agreed well, uh, if that's uh, if that's about all we have, then we will take a brief little break. This is your chance to go and read the book for yourself. We all highly recommend that you do, uh, especially get some nice feels going on there. Um, and, uh, yeah, all of that good stuff. Um, so we will uh, see you on the flip side. If you have yet to read this week's book and would like to read it now, press pause. Go ahead. We'll wait. Hey there, are you queer or some variation of it? Well, I'm Chris, and this is my co-host, Adam. And welcome to Cinema Queens, where we talk about queer cinema. Each week, we watch beloved queer classics, discuss them, review them, and cover a whole cluster of topics from our favorite scenes, what they mean to us, how it relates to our current world, and the best part, the cherry on top of the sundae happens to be... Gay Rant! So prepare your air holes! And listen to us queens talk cinema. New episodes drop every Monday. Monday on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Bye-bye! Well, so welcome back. Uh, Todd, since this is your recommendation, do you mind if I throw you under the bus and have you do the plot summary? Um, a little bit. I don't have my book with me, so. <laughs> uh, does anybody else want to do it? <laughs> Did no one bring their book to class today? Oh we, we've all got it. We got it digitally. So I, I, ha- I have a uh, Windows Surface. And Comixology with the Surface is only through the browsers, and it sucks balls. Okay. So that's so it, my challenge there. Would you like me to do it then? You do it. Sure. You're so good. I'll interject. Plot summary. Uh, we start out, yeah, we're out in West Texas. Um, a guy gets, uh, gets the cops call him over. His dad has been kind of causing some trouble again. So he goes with his wife and his daughter uh, to check up on his dad. His dad is uh, very obviously um, has Alzheimer's. Uh, the little girl wants to go see her grandpa, and he kind of, uh, you know, freaks her out by yelling and screaming and whatnot. So they sort of uh, kind of run away. Well, so they, uh, yeah, so the old man, he kind of goes off wandering by himself. And while he's out there, a storm sort of breaks up, and uh, uh, kind of a, the, the family gets knocked over, and there's like a tornado that sort of rips, rips the place apart. And these demons, who kind of look like Dementors, come looking for the little girl. And um, all of a sudden, the father has gotten this big, uh, giant sword named Valofax. And he smites this demon, and uh, he suddenly has all this power and saves his little girl. And then you see some sort of uh, ancient creature, uh, a god looking down from above who wants to get the sword back. It seems that with the sword, Grandpa actually gets sort of this, uh, he gets his memories mm-hmm. back and he gets the, uh, he's, he's cognizant again. Um, and so uh, it, basically the son, knowing that his grandfather or that his father is, uh, has Alzheimer's, is sort of not necessarily completely uh, thrilled with him having a, a giant sword. Asks for it back, his grandfather says no, but his grandfather also uses the power that his sword helps him wield to completely rebuild 
their house, which has been destroyed by the uh, tornado that sort of broke down, which is right about the time that this giant god shows yeah. up. Um, the sword tells the god to kneel, and so the god realizes that the sword actually has chosen who he wants to wield it, and so he decides that he's going to back off. So the two of them sort of go for a walk, and they discuss, you know, the fact that this is this ancient sword, that it is essentially the... When every time someone, um, you know, talks about uh, any famous sword, the uh, uh, Excalibur or anything like that, that's Balofax. It's sort of a combination of all those swords. And uh, the grandfather has sort of flashbacks to his entire life with his wife and all of his fond memories that way. Um, and uh, sort of like, he, it's, he remembers all these things, even the disappointing things, but he's still happy that he has them. Basically, the, the god is about to go back to see his father, who is sort of like the, the, the Odin or whatever of this world, and he asks if, uh, if he has any message for him. And uh, his, the message that Quinlan tells uh, this god is, come and take the sword if you really want it, basically. So then uh, we sort of flash back, <laughs> we go back to the family. They're kind of enjoying life. Um, I love that there is a Simpsons reference here where the beer they're drinking is duff, for those of you who didn't yeah. catch that. Um, so grandpa has the sword he's sort of um, you know he's sort of hanging out with the daughter and the sword starts to glow again and grandfather knows that something is about up and that he's going to have to go do something he sort of uh, has a finally has a conversation with his uh, son and he gets attacked again by one of these little dementor kind of things and so he goes and he looks up and there is like this giant horde of these dementors that are about to attack the house so he's defending his family and the house from this uh, all these metal blades stuff like that come flying to the house and uh, he's just basically trying to defend his house so this evil um, god shows up who is sort of controlling all the old people and uh, Emmett Quinlan decides that he's going to take on this god. The the daughter, the little girl, the granddaughter has been taken. And so the grandfather has decided that he's going to go and he's going to go uh, kick some ass. So he's going out on, on search for his uh, for his granddaughter. Uh, these creepy demons are still lurking around the house. So the uh, mother and father are sort of trapped inside the house. The father uh, goes and sort of goes into this netherworld where he goes and finds this sort of evil god. And he has the little girl there. So he uh, basically calls on to sort of like this, uh, the demon kind of calls on the spirit of Quinlan's uh, wife to sort of like haunt him and make him sort of, you know, forget and drop the sword, which then gives the, um, the demon the chance to grab the sword. But the sword does not want to be with the demon and the uh, demon sort of disappears. And as well, uh, he basically gets old and sort of dies. But also what ends up happening is is the uh, the image of the wife sort of disappears and into the dust a la the end of the Avengers, most recent Avengers movie. And so Quinlan gets the sword, uh, get, punches the shit out of this old angel demon, gets his granddaughter, gets the sword, and gets the hell out, takes it back to his, grand, uh, his, his son, and he's now ready to finish this. So he jumps into sort of like this wormhole and shows up on this planet about ready to kick some ass. Um, so he goes up and he uh, is talking to these people. They take him out to show him what war is going to be like and say that he's going to fight. They fight, fight, fight. Big epic battles, stubborn fool. Am I missing anything here, Todd? Oh, keep going. Okay. So um, things are exploding back on Earth as well. And um, Dad comes back as a huge god now with uh, he has beaten his previous fighter and now he not only has the sword but he also has Thor's hammer to a certain to a certain extent not really Thor sure. but the same equivalent so he drops off the hammer and uh, he uh, he basically sort of 
um, realizes that his son's family is not necessarily his own family, and so he kind of gets the idea that he's going to need to sort of take the sword back to its home so that it can be with its its own family, its own kind kind of thing, and that, you know, he's basically about to sacrifice himself. So the family is uh, waiting for Grandpa to come back, and they're talking and they're bonding. Grandpa is out in this sort of epic space battle. Uh, fight, fight, fight. Um, he fights the evil god sort of thing. He ends up uh, throwing the sword and killing the guy, um, and in doing, and the sword comes back to him after he kills the god. Um, and then he beams himself back to Earth, but is basically nearly dead. All of his memories still sort of intact as he's sort of dying. His son ends up holding him, thanks him for saving his family and all that kind of stuff. And then um, one of the, uh, uh, oh, the son of the god ends up sort of going back and helping finish off the job. The sword is left in the dust. Grandpa has sort of disintegrated and, and saved the day, but he is now dead and the family gets to move on. And this epic tale is sort of over. I miss anything by that very brief sort of run through of this book. No, nope, that works. No, nope, that's okay. it. Analysis. It's it's awkward because there's lots of little emotional moments in there that I sort of blew over just for the purpose of getting through the actual plot. So um, let's jump in on where things got hit in the feels right away. So, uh, Adam, what are your thoughts as far as, you know, the points in this that hit you right in the feels? Um, I think the biggest thing for me is that the dealing with that that the grandfather has Alzheimer's. Um, yeah. You know, I've been, my relationship with my dad hasn't always been the best ever since coming out. That was, you know, he is deeply religious and, you know, I still get texts every so often saying, well, I'm going to hell. That being said, talking with my mom, um, you know, she's saying that it's looking like he's probably in the early stages of Alzheimer's. Like, he'll come into a room, forget why he's there. You know, he'll, like, have his keys in his hand, can't find his keys, that kind of stuff. And my dad's also a very stubborn person. So he he won't go to the doctor for it, which is annoying us. Because, like, you know, if, if this is what's happening and you are, you know, have early onset or you're showing signs of it, you definitely need to go see someone because there's medication you can take that will greatly, you know, extend your life and also give you a higher quality of living. Mm-hmm. So... You know, and again, it could just be he's just being forgetful. We don't know because he won't go to the damn doctor. So, you know, seeing seeing that play out here as far as with, you know, someone who isn't all there, who's who's going through this, and knowing that can be very well saying I might be facing my own family soon was kind of a punch in the gut because that was, you know, that that's, uh, might be a reality. So that was kind of hard. Um, and just the fact that he, like the sense of relief that he found finally getting his memories back and knowing who his kids are, knowing whose granddaughter is, things that, you know, we, we take for granted that we remember people. And as stupid and weird as that sounds, you know, when Cloud comes over, like, you know, I know what we've done, you know, we went to Neil Gaiman, mm-hmm. and I don't, you know, being a very empathetic person, I often wonder, like, what it would be like if, you know, all of a sudden I woke up one day and I didn't know who anyone was because, you know, either something happened in my mind or I just lost it all. Um and so that was sobering and also the fact that he was willing to sacrifice everything for those he loved he knew getting rid of the sword would you know would basically cause him to go back to who he was and he'd lose all the memories he just found again so that the idea of, of sacrifice is really important too well and it's also kind of one of those things of uh you know it's almost more painful to lose be losing that and then also realize what you have lost you know what i mean or that what like he becomes very painfully aware of what he is sacrificing through the course of this because he remembers everything and yeah. because he's made whole i mean if he had stayed sort of with alzheimer's and was just sort of this crazy patient you know what i mean or this alzheimer's patient who doesn't really remember things he wouldn't necessarily know what he sacrificed but he's 
he's deliberately aware of his son's family and what he's trying to provide for his son's family and for future generations and what he had and what he's lost. And so, like, it makes the sacrifice a little bit bigger than I think it would be otherwise. You know what I mean? Yeah, and the, the tragic thing, too, is, you know, giving if he were to give the sword up, which, you know, he then wouldn't even know what yeah. he lost. It was more like the of knowing what those actions could cause that would, would lead to that. I think part of the other thing he wrestles with is watching as he regains the sword and he remembers everything, but he also, I, I bet he remembers how he was. Mm-hmm. And if he just gives up the sword again, he knows what he's going to return to. Mm-hmm. And then the hardship that also places mm-hmm. a budding little family that's just threatening to tear it apart. So I was like, if I just give the sword up selfishly, because it's not going to do this, it's going to rip my family apart. And so he's, he's got this, well, there's really only one pathway yeah. to go. He has to sacrifice where he's sacrificing himself as well or else. I mean, that's unfortunately, that's the way in the situation of doing the least amount of damage. And in a weird way, it's, it's actually yeah. kind of a, an argument for euthanasia. Um, because when he... I think there are a lot of euthanasia. I mean, there, it's a very fast-growing country. There's a lot of young people. Uh-huh. Um, sorry. Yeah. Terrible joke. I apologize. I'm sorry. Now sit in the corner. Think about what you did. Um... <laughs> Before he had his faculties, he didn't obviously didn't have control and wasn't able to make the kind of hard decisions that later on he feels is the best for not only him but for his family. Um, I think that that's that's a a very interesting topic that not a lot of uh, other comic books or um, TV shows, movies in general uh, want to delve into. But I'm glad that this one did. Almost makes me wonder if Donny Cates has dealt with. Alzheimer's and his family or, or with loved ones with it feels oh, very yeah. personal yeah. doesn't yeah. it so and started this off one of the things that I I mean we'll wrap around it too well is this is uh, by the description it's an epic fantasy battle um, all those and Texas <laughs> all those things are crazy and personal yeah but this starts off and it brings you to these characters in the most private personal painful way so all of a sudden is you you have empathy for the grandfather as he comes back through. At first you kind of hate him and you have empathy for the son being torn of taking care of dad and then his wife and the wife fear of her safety and he's like I he's torn between two places. So this how quickly we just feel for everybody going on here is really kind of incredibly done for something that's rated of this very huge like once again huge and epic mm-hmm. is not personal so they've started something and made it incredibly personal at the beginning and it snares us right away that we're in there for the rest of the ride wherever we may be and that's been done so beautifully well uh mr Byer, what are your thoughts being a texan as well uh i haven't heard a whole ton out of you yet i liked you for a reason <laughs> um i mean it hit me in the gut. Uh, I, I also have dealt with family members that have gone through this. My grandmother went through dementia and a bit of Alzheimer's before she passed away, and it was uh, it sucks. <laughs> um, and, and I like the idea of you know going back to this is probably a personal story for him. You know, maybe wanting to make that person that he saw suffer. A superhero essentially like that's uh really cool yeah <laughs> um yeah I've, i mean i really don't know what else to say i just thought it was a really good thing. okay yeah i uh, i heard your uh, your action to todd was that you're uh, finally upset at him for picking a good book 
the last time we came over and attempted to record this, he's like, why don't you pick a good book? To <laughs> <read?"> <laughs> uh, Mr. Jason, what are your thoughts? Um, pretty much the same as, as what we've been talking about before. I like that there is this um, uh, difference of uh, epic scale and also very personal human um, tragic story that they're going through. Um, and I think that that uh, boldness and dichotomy is is just um, a really interesting thing that they've uh, decided to do, not only in the scope of Texas, thinking that that's you know already a huge um, landscape, and then there's uh, the world of the gods that is even bigger than that, and going back to um, sort of the expectation of what you're going to see with a title like uh, God Country, and it starts with just this one little family just trying to struggle to get from one day to the next. Um, and it, uh, it, it does a good job of mm-hmm. uh, flipping your expectations of, of um, why you might have chosen this particular book and what you're eventually going to get out of it. The other thing I would like to just mention, I mean, as, as much as I think the writing is wonderful and I don't want to downplay how well-written this is, I'm really a big fan of the art in this yep. book as well. Um, it has mm-hmm. sort of a quality that reminds me of um, the Alan Moore run of Swamp Thing, I think, a little bit. Um but it also gets into some of that, like when they go into the other planets, it gets into a little bit of that sort of like almost 60 psychedelic sort of stuff that you would see from like Thor books and things like that. But I think it does it all really, really well. Like it does locations really well. Um, it does emotions um, like incredibly well. Like there's this this panel right towards the end where there's just like the single stream of tears running down the grandfather's face that is like just heartbreaking. Um, as he's about to let go of the sword and sort of, you know, is having his last memories of his son while his son's holding him there. Um, you know, stuff like that. There's some just really cool, powerful visual moments in this as well. Uh, you know, when he's transforming from or transitioning from one location to another, you know, and fighting these different demons. Like, I was really, as much as I was impressed by the, the writing, I think that the art was also, like, a really well-done um, addendum to, you know, this whole story. Oh, it is fantastic. Um yeah the art is great you've got these glorious vistas in texas and it does like it's somewhat you watch um you watch if you read secret identity as we've done in the past with Stuart immerman doing the art there he um has this very pastoral Mm -hmm. feel to that whole story and it feels a bit angelic and this one definitely has a layer of menace Mm -hmm. i mean as it goes over it and even with the it's um a lot of things are said about texas but kind of cuddly doesn't often come with it yeah. So even <laughs> when you're in Texas and it's beautiful and looks great, but there is a sharpness there, there is a layer of menace there, and they go to the other places. And it's um it's a lot in the tones, but you've got the ghoulish aspects going on and the demonic beings. You've got the kingdom of always, the ruler of that. And everything's a menace. And as you watch with the writing, a little bit back to that, as I've been thinking about this, this entire story and all the inflection points as you see all the decisions it's all it's a series of goodbyes mm-hmm. so you see him he regains the sword if i give up the sword, he's going to say goodbye to who he is and what's going on and he's trying to chew what am i going to do about this he's like no i'm going to hold on to this sword i'm not going to say goodbye to who i am then his daughter granddaughter gets taken away and it was a good like and he's realizing the loss of his wife again and using that there and saying goodbye to her again and he's making that determination it's like no we're not going to have this going on again my son will not say goodbye to his daughter so he goes back to do it 
The son has a moment saying goodbye to dad. Even the son of the ruler of the kingdom of always is coming back through and he's going and it's a series of goodbyes. I mean, looking at the series, all the major, it's, it's about saying goodbye and then going, if it's, if we're saying goodbye, it's going to have to mean something. But as you, if you watch as the story is structured, there is a moment of goodbye and then it goes on to the next thing. Tales and the loss, and they're saying if this is going to happen, it's going to have a meaning behind it, and it, it's done beautifully well. Yeah, it's about having the agency and choice to say goodbye when you want to. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So sometimes yeah. it has to happen. You don't have a choice, and other times you do have a choice. But let's make this goodbye meaningful. It's not going to be meant mm-hmm. for nothing. It's not going to. We're not going to make this happen again. We're gonna if we're gonna say goodbye, this is gonna be it, and we're gonna stop it from continuing. So, yeah, Donnie did right, and that art again. I mean, even you've got the floating whales in the city. I mean, you've got a the uh, city of tomorrow has a very Asgardian or city of all mm-hmm. has a very Asgardian yep. feel to it. The sword, in some ways, I look at that thing. I'm like, is that bigger than the sword in Final Fantasy Seven? <laughs> it might not. I don't know. <laughs> it looks like uh, actually uh, Cloud's ultimate weapon. It does it really look like like it. It looks like Cloud's ultimate weapon there. And Velofax claims to be the sword of all swords. And you've got Excalibur, which is just one, like a sliver manifest of what Velofax is. And the sword is fully self-aware and everything else going on. And it's it's guiding the story. And itself, it's known as itself as saying goodbye. Mm-hmm. As you watch it. And yet, the, the house gets destroyed in a tornado. And yet, it's rebuilt by the sword and that's the standing thing and as the story very much ends you see the grand um the granddaughter has kids of her own mm-hmm. on this and saying well let me tell you this story of this house and the people that inhabit it and you don't know what this means but this truly is incredible and awesome so well, yeah and it's also the fact that you know as temporal as life is and mm-hmm. you know eventually you know because they always say like once you're like what three generations past that you know mm-hmm. you no one will know who you are unless you like or mark zuckerberg or something like that and what I loved about the end of this with that is that even though the grandfather isn't there anymore, yeah. you know, he had to make the sacrifice, you know, his legacy will still be remembered, in, at least in this family. You know, it'll, it'll be something that's passed down. So in a way, he does become immortal. He does. And what I really loved when that house got rebuilt, imperfections at all, it's like, well, the store sticks. Door sticks, yeah, yeah. Like, this is exactly <laughs> how it was. Yep. It, it, Let's it, not try to put a yeah rose-colored vision on this. This is absolutely the legacy, but remember, this is what it was. Once yeah. and all. And it's definitely a metaphor for you can just, you know, like the, the house being rebuilt is for a family in general. I mean, you know, families go through hard times. You know, you could be maybe you had to clear bankruptcy or, you know, you a, a child died or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, horrible things can happen. And that's when you really have to rely on each other and, and stay with each other to rebuild that house, rebuild that foundation. But just as much as that, the house is rebuilt with a sticking door, those scars still remain. So, again, yeah. it's showing that. You can rebuild and go on. You can, you know, have a good normal, well, quote unquote, normal life. But that doesn't mean that some of the pain isn't going to still be there. You know, it doesn't mean yeah. that life's going to be perfect afterwards. But you still have a way to rebuild. Sure, and move on. Okay. Who says we can't go deep on the show? We can go <laughs> deep. We do go deep on the show. <laughs> the dick fart and cum dumps are jokes. Deeper. Yeeper. Yeepers. Yes, and deeper. That's still just. <laughs> I should be in a drinking game rule anytime someone says yeeper. Yeepers. <laughs> but it has to be said like that. Yeepers. Cocktails. 
I could use a drink right now. That's, that's kind of what I was feeling right now. So. <laughs> Let's enjoy those deep dark drinks we've got going okay, on. Okay, well, Mr. Adam, what is your cocktail? Uh, so mine is uh, Grandpa's Cough Medicine. It's basically taking a hot toddy. Uh, you take a half cup You're of welcome. boiling water. Thank you. Uh, one ounce of whiskey, a teaspoon of honey, a teaspoon of lemon juice, three whole cloves, and one cinnamon stick. Uh, you add it all to a cup. You stir to dissolve the honey. You steep for five minutes and then remove the cloves and cinnamon and just sit there and enjoy your alcoholic beverage. Your alcoholic beverage? Alcoholic beverage. Okay. Um, mine is uh, called the Excalibur um, or it's Excalibur cocktail. Uh, because of the sword, uh, I think someone else has one that's named after the sword. But you know, the sword claims to be all these different great swords, and they mention Excalibur by name. So I'm going to go with that. It is. Sure. Oh man, these are in metric. <laughs> you can do it. What does CL stand for? Is that centiliters? Centiliters. Yeah. So it's two and a half, two point five centiliters of chocolate liqueur. Two centiliters uh-huh. of cherry syrup, a point uh, or half a centiliter of hazelnut syrup, and two centiliters of vodka. Uh, so good luck with that. Um, <laughs> mix ingredients into a blender and pour into a cocktail glass, and then add red currants and chocolate flakes and a mint leaf for a garnish if you would like to do so. Uh, Mr. Jason, what is your cocktail? Uh, it is called the Clan Quinlan. Um, it's based on uh, uh, another drink recipe I found uh, trying to mimic a sort of a honeyed mead with uh, Jack Daniels honey, uh, alcoholic ginger beer, and lemonade, equal parts of all three. Okay. That's sort of like a... Okay, I can see how that... Also, two centiliters is a little over a half ounce. A little over a half ounce? Okay. Six, seven ounces. Just go with a half ounce. That is <laughs> Make it boozy as all hell. Generous half or ounce. Or go with a full ounce. Yeah. Yeah, go full ounce. Why not? You never, you never go full ounce. <laughs> never go full ounce. Okay, Mr. Todd, what is your cocktail? So mine is um, calling it the Velofax Wassel. Now this is really my own recipe I've been working on over the years, and I. Then you want to give away your secret recipe, dude? Life's not a zero sum game. That's true. <laughs> Everything boats, tide raises all ships. It's got to live so, on. So if you have right. something that will make this drink better, email us, and then we can, we can make we can sure. it will be a group effort. We will make this the greatest cocktail ever. But this thing is so it's it's a it's a wassail recipe. It's kind of in a similar vein as Jason's was here. So we're gonna go that. You start with a gallon of apple juice, and you want to put this in a big old um, stock pot. And then you're going to grab a handful of um, Jamaican allspice berries, a big healthy handful, toss those in there, four cinnamon sticks, a big handful of cloves, and you want to grind the nutmeg, half a nut of nutmeg, fresh ground right into there. You want to take a small bottle of dull pineapple juice and four ounces of orange juice. So you put all of that in there, you put a lid on top, set it on low, and ignore it for about three to four hours. And this will... make a earthy spicy wassail and then you pour it into a glass and then you can share it with all your teetotalers and then when they have it for you you go ahead and get some baron jaeger it's actually a honey liqueur and you put in baron jaeger to taste and you serve it hot so it's this hot spicy earthy wassail with a good honey kick on top of that it is fantastic it is actually you've made that for me before i have very tasty Yep. Sounds good for the holidays. It is great. So, yeah, really, yeah, it's good stuff. You should do it. Cool. Um, and Mr. Maya, what is your cocktail? So mine's called the Texas Twister. Uh, 
you're gonna take two and a half ounces, two and a half to three ounces of tequila, uh, one and a half ounces of Grand Marnier, one and a half to two ounces of fresh lime juice, a quarter pint of frozen limeade, two to three ounces of your favorite Mexican beer, and two to three ounces of your favorite wine, and mix all that with two cups of cups of crushed ice in a blender, and blend until smooth, and pour into a chilled margarita glass, and garnish with a lime wedge. Okay. Parting thoughts. Does anybody have any parting thoughts? Uh, last things that they want to discuss on this before we move on to final grades and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I think we're good. Yeah. Yeah, it was really fantastic. The art and the writing really just sang together. It's six issues, and it goes by fairly quickly, mm-hmm. even as you're. And it does a good job of having you want more, but you're just like, it's a stat, it's a twist between a like us punch in the gut and dude, fuck yeah, rock on, this thing is awesome. Well, cool. Type of video. Metal, very metal. Well, then that leads us into grades. Final grades. Uh, so we will go for self-contained, which is a pretty easy grade to do since this is a uh, its own story at six issues, but whatever, it's our grade that we're going <laughs> to give out. Self-contained. So for self-contained, what is your grade, Mr. Jason? Uh, A. Okay, shocking. Uh, Beginning, middle, and end. I know. (laughs) Mr. Todd. A. Mr. Adam. Uh, A. Again, this was meant to be a one-shot, and it beautifully wraps up everything with a nice little bow. Okay, I agree with Adam, so I'm going to go with an A as well. And Mr. Maya. Uh, F. Yeah? I figured you would. (laughs) Just to be dissenting. Okay. Writing grade. Uh, so for writing for uh, Mr. Donnie Cates, uh, what is your grade, Mr. Maya? Uh, a. Uh, I don't think it deserves anything less than an A. Okay. Uh, Mr. Adam. Uh, a as well. I mean, this is beautifully written. It's it's there to hit you in the feels while at the same time having a fun adventure. Yeah. And mm-hmm. as you've seen from the last, you know, 50 minutes of this episode, there's a lot to mine here. Yeah. And there's a lot of metaphors and a lot of stuff that you can apply to your own life. And a Simpsons reference to boot. Yeah, there it is. Um, okay, uh, Mr. Jason. I would say a minus only because I uh, would have liked it if the wife character had uh, a little bit more to her than just arguing with her husband. That's um, fair. Yeah. Busy in the kitchen. But I do, I do really love the twist of the uh, the sun god. Um, I can't remember his name, but uh, the fact that he comes in, you think he's going to just bust ass, and he actually has intelligent conversation with Emmett, and uh, turns into mm-hmm. a really nice character. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. I'm going to go with an A as well. I really, really like this book. Um, uh, and Mr. Todd, I know you're going to give it an F, but go ahead and say it anyway. So we can give it an A. I can really imagine, because after this came on, he uh, signed on his exclusive deal with Marvel. Mm-hmm. So there, there was one part of me, I don't it happened or not, but this was his application. Mm-hmm. It's like, do you think this guy can get the job? Because he's writing everything. He did Cosmic Ghost Rider. He's been writing Thanos. He's doing Venom. Because Marvel lost a lot of their writers to DC. <laughs> they did. He, he's writing a whole bunch of true. stuff, and good for him. But it was just one of the things, like, who should we hire? And you like, you hire this fucking guy. Yeah. Because what, have you the six issues? He understands structure and storytelling and encapsulating and yet continuing and having... It, it felt very big and did a great job, and it could have gone elsewhere. And even with the all the side characters of the epic side character between the ghoulish the king himself and then the son if he wanted to have fleshed this out into a much larger thing there was room to do so so yeah I mean this is one of the job applications to be okay 
Art grade. So for art for the team, let's see, let's get their actual names here. Um, I just have their first names on this thing. So for uh, Jeff Shaw for art, uh, Jason Wordy for color, uh, John J. Hill for letters and design. And the variant covers are done by Geraldo Zafino. Um, what is your grade for art, Mr. Jason? A plus. Mr. Adam. Uh, I'm going to go with an A. I mean, it's fantastic. It's It really brings you in. It's fantastic. You know, there's so much going on with, like, the creepy demons and then Valifax. And you've got your, like, <clears throat> your centurion hero guy who's, you know, unfortunately having to fight against, you know, Grandpa. And as much as the the writing is a gut punch, they're, the way they portray the emotions on the characters is the same way. Cool. Uh, Mr. Todd. Oh, it's an A. I absolutely love this thing. It makes me go, what else is this guy drawn? Yeah. And the thing is, we should find that. Okay. And uh, Mr. Maya. Uh, surprise, surprise. It's an A. Okay. And I'm going to also go with an A. Shocking no one. <laughs> I know, right? Final grades. Well, so for overall grades, I'm sure this is going to be very shocking for everyone, but we're going to go for it anyway. For overall grades, uh, we'll go with Mr. Adam. What is your grade? A. Okay. <laughs> no, it's, it's a fantastic book. I can see why Todd's been recommending it for so long. Uh, and it's one of the ones that I wish I would have read earlier because it's one that I would love to go back and revisit and just kind of, you know, it, it's, again, there's something, so much to mine out of it that I know I'll get a different experience probably every time I read it. So. Cool, uh, Mr. Jason. It's an easy A. It's a simple tour. It's a simple story, well told, but it does so uh, with a lot of depth and unexpected turns. Uh, and like we said before, the uh, art is just fantastic. The fact that there's uh, Violet and Fuchsia in the world of Always or the Kingdom of Always is just is great. Okay, uh, <laughs> Mr. Uh, Todd. Yeah, it's an A. Okay, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Hey. Else could be? I know, it's true. Well, not, I'm going to also give it an A for, you know, the same reason as everybody else. I don't even think I'm going to have to do the math on the GPAs here, but we're going to find out with Mr. Maya's grade. B plus. Really? <laughs> not What? I just wanted to do, make Brian do math. No. I know. <laughs> I figured that would happen. <laughs> Grade point average. Uh, so then, yeah, that also gives us an overall GPA of uh, a 4.0 or an A. Shocking, no one. There was an A minus in there. Was, there wasn't an A minus. There was. I gave oh. A minus for writing. Yeah. Oh, I only total up the total grades. That's fine. The, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. I, I don't. I don't I, do individual grades. I think it was offset by my A plus in art. So. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't here for this, but for those of you guys that did Wicked and Divine, does this rank better or slightly less than Wicked and Divine? No equal. So Wicked and Divine is still like our gold standard. And yeah. it's because, you know, and actually I, I was talking with Brian the other day. I was upset because I, you know, I, Wicked and Divine is the only thing in my hold right now. Mm -hmm. And I went to go catch up on them because I have about 12 issues to catch up on. And I, I was missing like 25 through 30. I was like, where the fuck are these? And I was so upset. So I jumped in like in the mid 30s in the middle of the story arc, I knew what the fuck was going on. So I was like, I might just give it up. And Brian's like, no, no, it's all, it's wrapping up soon. Uh, did then you find those issues? I did. Yeah. They, I were, did. On the table. they were on the table with the, the power ranger ones. Uh, I'm going to put wicked and divine above just because the, the amount of detail and world building in that, while this does do a great job of world building, uh, it's, Wicked Divine takes it to the next level. So that's still my gold standard for... I would also say, just for my personal vote, I think Wicked and Divine has a little more depth as far as story. Now, granted, it's going longer, so it has that benefit. Uh, this... Now, keep in mind, I'm just asking volume one of Wicked and Divine versus just this. Um, I would Divine. say Wicked and Divine was still above. 
I, yeah, I, I still love Wicked and Divine, but like, I, th- it's a very close, like, Razor's, Razor's yeah, Edge vote. They also just have very different vibes. Like, I mean, it, depending on the mood that you're in that day, it could go either way, in my personal opinion. Everybody said anything, everything they want to say about this? Anybody else want to vote on the Wicked and Divine versus uh, God Country? No. No? That's fine. Okay. Next week on Funny Books and Firewater. Uh, so next week we are doing a book that I've recommended to lots of people, so we're finally going to read it. Uh, we are doing uh, Underwater Welder, which is about uh, uh, a young man, uh, well, probably not a man in his mid-30s. 33. Yeah, he's 33. That's a young man. Okay, he's a young man. He is feeling uh, the pressures both figuratively and literally of uh, becoming a new father and also being a welder underwater, and it's also the anniversary mm-hmm. of his father's death, and, and uh, it's, uh, it's sort of, there's a description of at the beginning uh, by Damien Lindelof in his uh, forward that describes it as being semi uh, like a Twilight Zone episode which I think is very valid uh, sorry what was that I was just agreeing okay um, so yeah, so uh, so we'll be reading that next week. Recommendations. So for recommendations, who wants to go first? As we record this, uh, came out. Damn it, that was me. Mine. Four or five days ago. <laughs> uh, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu or Let's Go Eevee for the Nintendo Switch is awesome. It's uh, a very casual version of. Uh, Pokemon Yellow. It was originally originally released on the Game Boy, um, so it's the like the original game, just kind of redone for the Switch. And I think that uh, it may be like the bare bones, you know, kind of kind of the the framework for what they're going to use for future games on the Switch. But I absolutely love it. I am going to recommend, since we just read a book from Donny Cates, um, a different other book, independent book he did. It's a vampire book uh, set in the South called Redneck. Um, I read the first trade. I've started the second trade, uh, but I really enjoyed it as well. So if you like the writing in this book, it's different, but I think you'll still appreciate it. It's not quite as heart-wrenching, but it's still a, a fun and interesting read. has a similar vibe to American Vampire, but I think for the earlier works of American Vampire, I think it's better. I liked American Vampire as it got later in the book. This this stuff so far is, is sort of a better, stronger uh, vibe. It also has a little bit of True Blood, so if you're into that kind of thing, uh, it would probably be a really fun book for you to read. Uh, Mr. Todd, do you have any recommendations? On Snapchat, one of the channels you can look at is Dad Jokes. <laughs> <laughs> and this thing just makes me laugh. I mean, I was watching it today, and one of the John Cena told the dad joke, and the joke was, what do you call a father trying to prevent his daughter from having sex? A father? And the whole um, a pop blocker. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, the whole point of the channel is this one guy, you know, you tell a joke and then the other guy has to listen to it, but he can't. If he laughs, then the guy telling the joke gets a point. So, it's about a dozen jokes, goes back and forth, and whoever gets the most points win. And, but if you laugh at your own joke, the other team gets a point. So, you've yeah. got to deliver it, deadpan, and stay deadpan, and the other person has to say absolute deadpan. And, they're hilarious and they're awful and they're tag teaming so people tag team in and out and so they can recompose but it's you know it's stupid funny stuff dad jokes on snapchat it's awesome <laughs> okay uh mr jason do you have any recommendations uh yeah um not sure if this has been mentioned before but the witcher book series uh, i've been reading it for a while they're just uh, fantastic uh, in the same vein as game of Thrones we mentioned earlier but uh, with a little bit more uh humor to them actually um i might actually enjoy these books just a little bit more 
Is that the same universe as the the Witcher video games? The games are based on the book series, yeah. Oh. Yeah. But they're nice. they're okay. terrific books. And uh, Mr. Adam. Uh, it was me, Pokemon, so. <laughs> oh, I was giving you time. I put you last so you could come up with something else just in case. But uh, um, okay. also the one thing that uh, I'm going to get back into is uh, there was a game called Warframe that came out for the PS4. It was a free-to-play shooter, uh, and it just came out on the Switch. And the cool thing with this game is that they really worked on it to expand it. I haven't, I'm getting back into it now, but when it first came out, it was just kind of like a run-and-gun type thing. And now it's kind of more in the vein of like Overwatch or Diablo 3, where you're constantly grinding for new guns and stuff. Uh, and the cool thing is it's going to be on Switch, so you can take it with you. And it's 100% free to play. Of course, there's microtransactions. You can mm-hmm. you know download stuff. Uh, but it's, it's a lot of fun. Awesome. So that'll do it for this week. So next week, please join us for Underwater Welder for episode 140. So who Holy cow. Welder? Jeff Lemire. Oh, sorry. It's Jeff Lemire, my boyfriend. <laughs> okay. Andrew. He drew it too? He drew it, yes. Oh, it is his art as well. Oh, how interesting. Yeah. I, yes, sorry, yes. my The love of my comic book life, Mr. Jeff Lemire. We are, we're going to do a book by my boyfriend that is not Animal Man and is actually good. <laughs> uh, you should read his run on Superboy. It was really good. Oh, really? It was, it was pre-New 52. Okay. I'll have to check that uh, out. I have a whole shelf of well, it's Jeff, it's Jeff Lemire and Matt Kent is uh, has their own special shelf because they're both writers slash artists who do interesting work. Cool. Well, so I think that'll do it for this week. Um, and so yeah, we will see you next time with uh, Underwater Water. Yeah. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. This band of knuckleheads will be back next week with a new episode. Until then, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr as Funny Books and Firewater. And on Twitter as at FirewaterCast. Go to FunnyBooksAndFirewater.com for the most up-to-date information. As well as cocktail recipes from this and past episodes. Thank you for joining us. And until next week, support your local comic shop. Tip your bartender well. And stay hydrated.